Good morning. Thank you for uh, having me here today. Uh, as we said, our passage today is 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. And let me read uh, both passages first. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping over you, over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thankful that we come worship today. The prayer in David in Psalms 86, 11 says that the Lord teaches his way that we would may walk in his truth. To unite our hearts and our fear in your name. Help us this hour to lean into you, to learn your truth, that we may be united and by you have grace and faith. We pray for wisdom to stay. Amen. So, Something special about Val, my wife. Her birthday is on Valentine's Day. It's a day that's pretty easy to remember. One challenge, though, it can be very difficult to get a dinner reservation. I've learned to celebrate her day on just about any other day. As she likes to put it, it's every day. Letting her know how much she means to me, how much she's valued, is something I try to do on a daily basis. I'm not perfect, but I make sure that February 14th isn't the only day that I appreciate or care for her. I'd like you to mark your calendars for October 8th. 2023. It's another date that's special. It's Pastor Appreciation Day. How do you show your pastors and your leaders that they're appreciated? What does the Word of God say? How do we appreciate them? How do we care for them? How do we respect them? Today's message I'm going to look at three points. What pastors do for us. Why we should care about our pastors. And how to care for our pastors. Now I, 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 I want to start off with a little disclaimer. I, I know Pastor Curtis, but I didn't do this for Pastor Curtis. It just so happened to have this uh, message that I had to, that I had in my heart, but I, I want you to know 
um, I appreciate our pastors and is what I thought was a good time when he's not here. I'll say what I see God's word saying about pastors. Sometimes somebody who's filling in can say things that your pastor can't say. All right, so let's get started. <clears throat> what do our pastors do for us? When we look at our passage right off, our text tells us that we respect those who labor and are among you and are over you. What do the pastors do that's labor? Well, the most obvious and important work is a pastor does is preaching sermons on Sunday mornings. It's a spiritual feeding. The text goes on to describe the pastors as over you and the, and the Lord and admonish you. They're leading you. When we look at the feeding and leading, we have an illustration of shepherding. As Christ cares for his sheep, we see a fuller picture. If we also turn, <clears throat> let's turn to John 10, 14 and 15. If we look at John 14, 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the, shef- uh, just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Christ is an example for us. Let's continue to unpack this. Christ is a good shepherd. Not just a good shepherd, but the good shepherd. The good shepherd knows, feeds, leads, and protects his sheep. The good shepherd knows his sheep. He knows us. He knows our strengths, our weaknesses, our good, our traits, good and bad. He knows the nuances that make us special people. This is really sweet that God knows us so well. But the text goes on. I know the Father. What are the implications? of the rest of that verse. I know the Father. Do we know him? Are we attuned to him? We might grow up and say, I love God. But are we attuned to him? In John 10, he, show, he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. If you're one of his, One of his sheep, we should know him well. Do we know him well? Do you hear his voice? When when the kids were small, sometimes in a big store, they get lost. And they they get lost, even if they heard my voice, They really couldn't distinguish 
me from all the other noise and screaming that goes on in a grocery store or a big store. They might scream, Daddy, and everybody gets anxious. As he got older, something interesting kind of happened. <clears throat> My kids ran cross country when they were in high school. I don't know if you're familiar with that sport, but it, it's a three-mile course that they run. They run along a path, and it might meander along a trail. But it's not a great spectator sport. It's the kind of thing where you have to pick your spots or you have to move a lot because you have to kind of run around trying to catch up with them, right? Sometimes I felt I ran as much as the kids did on race day. But both of my kids said to me one time after a race, no matter where I was in the race, I could hear your voice. I actually learned a lot about this passage from my kids just living life. No matter where I am, I hear him. My kids learned to hear my voice because they knew me. Christ says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. The good shepherd knows sheep. Just as your pastor knows you. Ask yourself, how well do you know the pastor? Good shepherd <clears throat> feeds sheep. Pastors work very hard spiritually to feed sheep. It's not always easy to come up with a high-quality sermon each and every week. And they also make sure they have time to disciple people, to lead small groups, visit people, many more administrative tasks that they probably want to admit. Keep in mind, they constantly think of how to feed the church spiritually. It's a lot of work. The good shepherd feeds sheep. The good shepherd leads sheep. Pastors are leading by casting vision in your local church. They're guiding your mission, your purpose. They're making ministry decisions. They're counseling individuals. Your pastor is leading just as they follow Christ's leading. The good shepherd leads sheep. The good shepherd protects sheep. Pastors are protecting the church through Scripture. He brings out the truth through Scripture to instruct, encourage, admonish, to live out and equip, <clears throat> to live, a li live out life 
equip us to stand firm for Christ in the world that goes against truth. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Christ knows his sheep, feeds his sheep, leads his sheep, and protects his sheep. Your pastor, following Christ's example, also knows, feeds, leads, and protects you. This is a sample of what the pastors do. So, why should we care? Why should we care for our pastors? Just as the good shepherd, Christ leads us and cares for us, our human shepherd, pastor, elder, needs to care, we need to care for them. In Thessalonians it says, esteem them highly in love because of their work. Also in Hebrews, let's look at this, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not without, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Keep in mind, they're watching over your souls, and they have to give an account for God. Our pastors have the responsibility of counting for believers under their care. Their care. One pastor shared that the call to ministry guides them to be humble before the Lord, to pray for wisdom as to how to shepherd the flock that the Lord placed in his care. And he shared how often he's cried thinking of his congregation that he loves and he wants to know how to care for them. He was burdened by this responsibility to watch over your soul. To know that you have a pastor that keeps watch over your soul, I hope it humbles you and you thank God for placing someone in your spiritual journey that spurs you on to grow and understand the application of his, God's word. <clears throat> God's placed your pastor not just to preach on Sunday, but to nourish your souls by God's word and encouragement through, soundly, um, through godly wisdom. Because of this, they have to give an account for you they're responsible for you. Our, pastor, our pastors have much on their plates. They, they just don't show up 
on Sundays or show up at weddings, funerals, and, and different events. But they have a responsibility for souls and the nourishment and for its care. Through God ultimately decides who should, how, how your heart is changed, whether it's enlarged and how it's changed for him. Our pastors, church leaders, and how they, they've um, placed people into your life. How can I not be grateful or humble for that? How many times have we been critical or judgmental? Now, just spend a moment. I don't mean to be negative, but listen to this just for one minute. Do we line up how things should be done? This way, not that way? Do we have opinions and just keep it to ourselves? Do we find ourselves saying, Come on, pastor. Do it this way instead. Do we know how to say sermons better? Are we respectfully obeying and submitting to our leaders? Are we wanting things to be done our way? Rather, let us seek God to know to come alongside a pastor. I submit that we pray for and with our pastors. I've not known a pastor to I have not known a pastor to say, no, I don't want you to pray with you. <laughs> That's crazy. If you ever wanted to pray with their pastor, they would probably pray with you. I had one pastor tell me though, not now. But I was interrupting him, and he was trying to get ready to, to preach. That's not a good time to say, hey, pastor, I want to pray with you. Usually, they would love to pray with you, but sometimes they are trying to take care of things that they're doing. So let's let our pastors serve and love the people of our church with joy. That would bring glory to God and not to ourselves. We don't want to bring unnecessary chatter which creates disharmony. Again in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Let me read it again. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among, among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because their work. Be at peace among yourselves. I've had the privilege of serving alongside several um, pastors at our church, pastors and missionaries outside the church as well. And they at one time when we get to know them, they've shared various struggles. You know, we have to remember, pastors, leaders, these are men. They're men in many ways like you and me. 
they too confess, they can face temptations and struggles of this world. You know, in First um, Peter 5, 8 and 9, this passage talks about how Satan prowls and wants to attack and devour. We need to pray for our shepherds and our leaders, our pastors, to be firm in their faith because of things that they go through. We have to be careful for them. Satan can attack us, even our pastors. We have to be careful. As Paul states that he was a chief sinner, I'll be honest with you. I stand before you and confess that I've often complained about our pastors. I said this as a repentance that I'm saying to you, that sometimes I may have offended our pastor even though they sacrificed to look after my soul. I repent for my situations where I've made them feel embarrassed or naked in front of a meeting where I point things out about things they did wrong. I could have been quiet. I could have talked to them on the side. I didn't have to say, hey, let's get a little more focus on this. <clears throat> I don't think we have to be negative and focus on our, our pastor's errors, the things that they don't do perfectly. Are you like me? Have you ever been unnecessarily negative or harsh? If that's the case, let's talk later. I'm sure we have stories to tell. I plead with you, have grace and be gentle. That's how we speak to each other. How to care for your pastor. The third point. A few observations that I have found to be highly esteem our pastors. So it respects the work that they do. The first thing, pray for them and with them. This may seem pretty obvious, but in, in many passages, it tells us what are the qualifications of God's overseers in Timothy and Titus. But that there's one thing just reading about it. It's another thing to realize their position really depends on it. <clears throat> so it's absolutely important that you pray about that for them so that they continue to be qualified to lead. Pastors need your prayers every day. Not only do they handle the responsibilities of the pulpit, but they handle the congregation. 
and administration as well. These are men that are faced with temptations, pride, laziness, lust, just like us. We need to pray for the pers their perseverance in staying qualified. That means being above reproach. Pray with their pastors. Now catch, catch the subtlety there. Pray with your pastors. There have been many moments where pastors and I are equally blessed because we pray together. There's joy in praying with a pastor. A second way we can care. Pray for his wife. A pastor's wife can be like many of us, so we should be careful that we don't, we have to watch out for unrealistic expectations. <clears throat> Just know that she's like you, trying to be God's servant. She's trying to honor her husband. She's just like you in that knowing how to care for a parent, being a caregiver to somebody else, older. She's trying to love the people around her. The church family will often see a pastor's wife for all the good things. You know, they're nice, sweet, gracious, and kind-hearted. But they can be vulnerable and they can be attacked because attacking a pastor's wife sometimes is a distraction for a pastor. So pray for your pastor's wife too. Pray for his sermon preparation. It's not easy to have sermons. You have time to study to think, to pray over the scripture. Preparing for opportunities to handle God's word is not done, it has to be done with thought and care. There, it's important during the week that they have time consistently to pray and to think about God's word. Now, as a side note, let them know what you learned. Any insight might, might have challenged you that you heard that week, tell them, let them know. You know, there's nothing ex is more exciting that a pastor can have than trying to share something and, and people actually get it. They want to talk about it. If you have a question, sometimes it's, it's really exciting to be able to talk about what you learn. You prepared a sermon, so they want to be able to share with you. You think about it, you have a great source of wisdom after many hours of sermon prep. So if you have, want to ask a question, you might have some really interesting things. Caring for your pastor financially. I know money can be a touchy subject. I won't say anything. 
But let me tell you this. Let me encourage you to be generous. Finally, <clears throat> there's a couple of things. One of them, I understand uh, uh, Curtis, Pastor Curtis is at a conference this week. This is an excellent opportunity to build his resources, books, subscriptions. Opportunities at conferences are fantastic because they give an opportunity to continue to develop him. They continue to give him opportunities so your pastor can be better. So encourage him. Ask him what he learned. And just look forward to, to something that he learned from the, the conference. The following point I wanted to say here is um, follow his leadership. There's no action that could bring as much joy to a pastor than for the congregation to follow. Don't make it hard. Don't make it difficult. Trust your leader. He's keeping watch over you, and he's watching over your soul. He will have to give an account. They're taking seriously his responsibility of caring for you. <clears throat> I'd, I'd like to um, wrap this up by sharing a little testimony of, of my dad. My dad went home to be with the Lord this past year. Until, last, until the last month of his life, he continued to pray very fervently. I learned some things about him right up until the end. And this is what I learned. He always prayed for me, his grandkids, my kids. But he prayed for our pastors and our missionaries. Even the ones that retired and were not in the field any longer. Throughout his life, he had many opportunities to be able to lovingly minister and care for several of our pastors and missionaries. He had a special relationship with them. He not only financed, um, he, he supported missionaries and pastors financially, but he did something I didn't even realize. He became their friend. He extended a friendship with missionaries and pastors. And that friendship and that combination of praying for them and having that friendship, it really was special. Caring for our shepherds has no time limit or age limitation. Right up until the end of his 96 years, he was praying and caring for pastors. Your shepherd is held under great, a great account with the Lord. He cares for you much more than we can ever express for God's servant who is also in respect respectful brother. 
our pastors sometimes we don't understand. We don't always appreciate. Let's not ever let something get in the way of us appreciating them. It's important to see what these men continue to do as they love you. Let me close in prayer. Father, Heavenly Lord, we praise you for being our good shepherd. And we thank you for giving us pastors who care for us. We thank you for knowing us, feeding us, leading us, and protecting us. And we thank you so much that you allow our pastors to do likewise as the model Christ gives them. We pray that you just give us something to think about this week as we love you. We thank you so much for this day that we could spend time thinking about you. Lord, we thank you so much for today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.